Eight Minute Mind Shift. Here we go again. Just wanted to talk to you today about uh, what pushes your buttons. Um, we're going to connect it to everything we've been talking about, but what pushes your buttons? In other words, what sends you into an often repeated pattern of responding in a way that doesn't fit the triggering event or person? In other words, you're, you, you know, you, an event happens and it's about this big and your response is this big. So what, what pushes your buttons? What triggers you? And um, would you agree that we all have different triggers that, um, you know, something might trigger you that, you know, gets ah, this crazy response and something might trigger me, but I just like, yeah, whatever. And I respond in a very kind of thought out, slower way. Um, so what, what is that all about? And uh, I do want to remind you that what we're doing is we're walking through four things that fell in the message I called Chasing Sunshine. And the four things are like tools to put in your toolbox. One is own your emotions. Uh, if you don't own them, you put them in the hands of other people, make other people responsible for them, then you're, you're kind of setting yourself for a victim mindset and lifestyle. Number two is what we're talking about for the, this couple of weeks here. Don't let the ants, A-N-T-S, ruin your picnic and answer automatic negative thoughts. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. The third is um, slow down regularly, regularly on the inside and the outside. And we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. And then the last one is uh, build a support system. Have people around you that love you, but will speak the truth to you when you need it. And uh, get the help you need when you need to. So what we're going to talk about today is the ants, and we're going to play off of this whole idea of what put, why do we have these responses that seem disproportionate and almost at times beyond our control? Let me read some scripture, Romans chapter 7, and this is from the message. So it's going to read a little different for some of you if you're not used to that. But I need, this is Romans 7, uh, 17 through 20. But I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. That's kind of pretty obvious. <laughs> I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyways. Can anybody relate to this? I mean, this is in the Bible, man. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone, listen to this phrase now, something has gone wrong deep within me. Now, I know the, the straight-up translations, this is a, this is a paraphrase. The straight-up translations talk about, you know, it's sin in me and all. But I just want you to think about from a different angle. Something's gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. Could it possibly be that we could, without stretching, make this about like, wow, why when that certain situation presents itself, person acts toward me a certain way, why do I react so badly and so contrary to what I said I was going to do? He goes on to say this. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. Just a little quick side note. Sin 
in its truest definition is to miss what you're aiming for, to fall short of your objective or desired outcome. In other words, I, I want it, I'm aiming for this and I missed it. That's sin. I this is the outcome I want, didn't get it, that's sin. Now obviously in the Bible is referencing the outcomes that God wants and the behavior that God wants. And I get that. And I, 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 you know, please, I understand sin, I promise. But I'm trying to figure out why, why we can't break the cycle. So I'm after sin, just like you are, but I'm willing to command it a little bit more thoughtfully, if you will. So here's what I mean. Um, it happens so regularly, regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide an outcome I want, the moment I decide to aim at doing good in my responses to my wife, my responses to my children, my pursuit of goals and objectives, the moment I decide to do good, it says sin is there to trip me up. In other words, there's something in me that if this is the bullseye, it's gonna, I'm going to end up over here. And then it says this, I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not, listen to this now, not all of me joins in that delight. Wait a minute, time out, time out. I delight in God's commands. I delight in God's commands. Whoa, but not all of me, not all of me joins in that delight. What a brilliant way to say it. Parts of me covertly or secretly rebel. And just when I least expect it, they take charge. Doesn't that kind of sound like your button being pushed? I, I rejoice in doing good. I rejoice in responding in love and joy and peace. I rejoice in hitting the target of behavioral standards that I want. I, my ins, man, I want that. Oh, I rejoice in it. But, not all of me joins in that delight. That is just so brilliant. Parts of me, what, my hand, my eye, what, what's the deal with that? Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. How many have ever been in that situation? I mean, I, I've been in situations where I was talking to a, a serious, committed Christian person, and the one I'm picturing happens to be a woman, but it doesn't matter. I've seen it with men, too. And a situation happened. I mean, I'm not, let me just stretch it a little further. I'm talking about a real solid, when, when you call prayer, she's there. When you, you, I mean, you know, back in the day, she played the tambourine. I mean, a committed Christian person. And when a certain situation presented itself, this person could cuss like a sailor, yell, rah. Now, Back in the day, we'd say, oh, well, she's got a demon. Whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's a possibility. But what if there's something else going on there? And I've come through my decades of counseling people. I've, you know, I try this, try that, try the other. And I'm like, you know, that didn't work as well as I hoped. And so what I've come to is I believe, and I believe scriptures like this bear it out, back it up. I believe there is parts of us that aren't rejoicing with us. And, and the parts of us I mean are, the, the place I've landed lately is the brain. Genesis chapter three is where man fell, Adam and Eve, you know, 
the Bible says the serpent came and tempted, has God said, and, you know, they ate the apple and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and I don't mean to minimize it, but I'm just in a hurry. <laughs> but, uh, and something happened, and the world was put into a, a more negative place than it would have been. Now, do you think God knew that was going to happen? I think so. Uh, do you think he made arrangements for the results of that? And I think he did. And here's what I mean by that. I believe God knew that we were going to spend our life on this earth in what I would call a hostile environment. In other words, an environment that has danger of all kinds, physical danger, emotional, relational. In other words, there's lots of ways we can be hurt, damaged, thrown off course. So I believe he designed us to be able to function in an environment with danger. What am I getting at? I believe he designed your brain to be able to detect danger and quickly. If I was in a live audience, I'd say, say quickly, because that's such an important concept we're going to talk about in the next week and two. Um, your brain's designed to quickly respond to danger. Now, here's the problem. It defines danger on obvious things. Things that can hurt us physically are pretty common to all. But it defines danger on past experiences. So why do we have different triggers? Because we have different past experiences. We had different parents, different families, different life circumstances. And so my triggers are different from yours. And I, I respond less rationally in some situations than I do in others because of the danger circuits that are in my brain. Now, what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is talk about automatic negative thoughts, but we're going to do it from this, this, this simple thought. I believe our brain has a negativity bias. What, it, what that means is our brain is quicker to see what's wrong and could hurt us than it is at seeing what's good or helpful and what could help us. And we're going to talk more about how you can learn to monitor and manage that, be more aware of the process that's involved there, and maybe over time break some of those cycles that Romans chapter 7 talked about. Love you guys. Hope you're having a great week. And uh, see you next week.